Listening to the flip side with Noah Philippiak, connecting the reality of the gospel to the grid of life. You can support the podcast and pick up some sweet flip side swag at www.patreon.com/slash Noah Philippiak. What up, y'all? What up, Flip Apotomai? Welcome to episode 68 of the Flip Side Podcast. Welcome. We are a few videos in to doing our YouTube version of the flip side and <laughs> it's funny when I look at myself on video and I go wow well, my mouth is crooked on this side at all <laughs> uh, a friend of mine uh, Aaron Bartels she had a I think it was a podcast and it was um, something like everyone's face is crooked especially yours or something like that and that's very true uh that's very true now that i'm now that i'm seeing myself up close and personal so welcome uh i hope you've been enjoying these last few episodes on just some controversial subjects some subjects that we need to be talking about as christians subjects we don't talk about a lot in church last episode episode 67 I introduced, and we've talked about it before on the podcast, it's been a while, maybe a year, since we talked about LGBTQ plus uh, people and the church and theology, and last week I uh, I talked, I kind of introed the subject, sort of, a, it was a lengthy bit of content from me, and then I, I played a sermon from my friend, Pastor Jack Seitzma. And uh, he, it was, it was him coming out to his congregation as being gay or same-sex attracted, and he's in a, a marriage to a woman. He, he, he believes in the Bible's traditional view of sex and marriage with a man and a woman, even though he himself has a gay orientation. And uh, I told you that we're going to be interviewing Jack and his wife, Becky, and you can send in questions. And that is still the case. We've had a little bit of issues with scheduling, which happens uh, when you're talking about two busy pastors uh, with full family lives and pastor lives and all those sorts of things. So coming up next episode will be the interview with Jack and Becky. And so in the meantime, if you haven't yet Listen to episode 67, uh, please do. I, I, I'll read this email on the next episode uh, when Jack and Becky are on the air. But there was a listener emailed in and said, this is the best uh, the best thing I've ever heard on same-sex attraction, um, LGBTQ. I forget how they worded it. But they, they themselves were someone uh, who, and again, I don't remember how they, how, how they identified, whether gay or same-sex attracted. But they said, uh, this is the first time in my life I have felt seen... Uh, seen. I felt seen and loved. Thank you. It's like, wow, that's really powerful. So really encourage you to, to, to listen, no matter what your view of it is. Uh, you might think there's only two sides. Sometimes I, I often find that as I talk to people as a church planter, people want to know, what's your view on this? And, and they're ready often. There's two sides to this. Which side are you on? And there's, there's quite a bit of gray in between. There's quite a bit of gray in between. And uh, I hope that's a teaser for you to go back and listen to episode 67. You can email questions in to podcast at beyondthebattle.net. And if you have questions for Jack, if you have questions for Becky, I will ask them those questions next time around on the podcast. So 
Uh, so before we get into our sort of subject, our topic for the day, just a couple quick updates. Shout out to Angry Brew. I <laughs> my studio here is growing. I, I I don't have a. It could be the Angry Brew Studio. You know, I feel like all the I listen to sports radio. They always have a name for their studio, a sponsor. But I do have my. I never know which hand to put up. It's not this side over here. I have my Angry Brew, my Five Lakes logos hanging out on the bookshelf now, which is also awesome that you can see them in the reflection of the uh, the picture that I have hanging on my wall, which is awesome. So shout out to Angry Brew, Five Lakes. I'm currently in my Flipopotami mug, uh, drinking some Chris's Blend, which is a medium roast, a dollar of every purchase. Goes to an orphanage in Central America. You can go to fivelakes.com, angrybrew.com, get 10% off your order by using the uh, promo code FLIP. And in doing so, you will support the flip side as well. Also, shout out to Covenant Eyes. Uh, man, I don't know where I'd be without Covenant Eyes. Covenant Eyes helps me stay pure and away and clean and free from pornography, and it can help you as well. So a quick word from Covenant Eyes, and then I will introduce our topic of the day. Pornography. It's not a comfortable subject, but 94% of men and 87% of women have seen pornography at some point in their lives. Has porn impacted your life and your relationships? Here's the good news. You can begin the journey to freedom today and have peace of mind knowing you're not alone in the fight. That's how Covenant Eyes works, through biblical accountability. When you sign up, you choose an ally to receive your device reports and walk with you towards a life free from porn and the life that God desires for you. Try it free for 30 days by visiting CovenantEyes.com and enter promo code BEYOND at checkout. That's CovenantEyes.com, promo code BEYOND at checkout. Freedom begins today. All right, welcome back. If you yourself, by the way, would like a sweet flip upon in my mug or a the my third favorite podcast is The Flip Side mug or water bottle or whatever other paraphernalia uh, I have on there, go to patreon.com slash Noah Philippiak. We currently are at nine patrons. If we get one more, we've reached our our first milestone, which is what the world has been waiting for. I know. I'm not going to shave for a month, and I'm going to have a, 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 a sweet, nasty, bushy beard. And if we get to 15, particularly in that in that time frame, which we could do, we could pull that off. I'm switching it from 20 to 15. We'll definitely rock the handlebar mustache for a week. That's my commitment, seven days, because then I have to wear it to church and I have to preach in it, and that would just be awesome. So that, I mean, that should motivate you. I mean, I don't know what else would motivate you to give uh, to the flip side. There is overhead for this show, this incredible, world-changing, life-changing show. Uh, there's a little bit of overhead, and that helps cover that. And I am part-time at my church plant, Mosaic, on purpose with the delusion that I could uh, support the other part-time of my pay with writing and uh, podcasting. So that, that dream, that delusion lives on. So uh, what we're going to uh, talk about today is... I don't know how long this will go. Some of my podcast episodes are quite long. They are they are epics. They are multiple episodes in one for your listening pleasure over the course of a long road trip or like five workouts. But today, I don't know. This might be shorter. 
I say that, and then it goes just as long. Uh, but my wife and I, we just finished the the docu series, uh, Hillsong, a megachurch exposed. It is on Discovery Plus. And yes, you better believe it, we did the seven-day free trial of that sucker. We made sure we watched those three episodes within seven days, and we canceled that free trial. That's how we do it on the flip side. And so you could do the same. That's my plug for Discovery+. Plus. I don't think they'd appreciate that plug very much. But, uh, man, it's funny, too. When you get a free trial of these channels, I guess, that you never would watch otherwise... I didn't watch anything else on there, but you get all the ads of the other shows. There's a show. This is definitely an anti-plug for Discovery+. Plus. Or if this is up your alley, then go for it. There was a show called, like, The Zit Doctor or something like that. And it was a woman doctor lady, and she pops zits. That's the show. She pops the mega zits that it, it, I, if you are watching that, you have a problem. I, I'm going to pray for you. I will put you on my prayer list. I will put you in my prayer journal because you have issues. If you are sitting down, kids, kids, gather around the TV. It's a new episode of the Zit Doctor. You'll never guess where the zit is this time on the person's body that she's going to pop. All right. That's messed up. Discovery Plus right there. You never know on the flip side what rabbit trail will go down. So we just finished uh, the, the the documentary Hillsong, A Mega Church Exposed. Obviously, you know, this is on the heels of Christianity Today's uh, podcast. I, 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 didn't look, I didn't look at the, the rankings, but it's got to be one of the highest listened podcasts ever, I would think, especially, I mean, for sure amongst Christians, but... The rise and fall of Mars Hill. Just I, I've I've never in my recent life experienced such buzz around something of people you know listening and and such. And then also the the Willow Creek. I, I don't know what you'd call it scandal uh, with Bill Hybels and the sexual abuse and the cover ups and uh, not a documentary or or a podcast out there. But if you read Scott McKnight's new book, A Church Called Tove. He, he dives into that. Church Called Tove is a good, very good book, and it's got a lot of good stuff in general about the church. A uh, good portion of it, though, is is dedicated to kind of an expose about, about Willow Creek, I believe where he used to attend, or at least I think where his daughter attended, and she co-authors uh, the book with him. So why are we talking about this stuff? I think I think there's a genuine question we need to ask that I, I, I asked in the beginning stages of The Rise and Fall of Marcel. It's kind of... Are we just gossiping? I mean, there is something about gossip. The reason it's a sin, you know, there's something juicy about it. It kind of gets your gets your blood flowing. Ooh, did you hear this? Did you hear this? And and I, I would say there's a little bit of that. I would say there's a little bit of that to all this. But I I, I, I will say there's a there's the reason that I I encourage you to to listen and watch these things that I, and read the things that I just mentioned. The reason is because there's a there's a a higher redemptive value to these for sure. What when what you're talking about is systemic s- systemic abuse. So so when we say systemic, we mean this system is built in such a way where these abuses are going to happen. 
Uh, and when they happen, and it, it's, it's not to say they're happening in every single church like these, but it's probably a matter of time, okay? And, and then in that system, when they happen, there's not accountability. What, what, what is seen over and over again is that in these systems, because they get so big and, and because there's so much money at the top and influence at the top, that the highest priority becomes protecting the image of that brand and that lead leader becomes the brand. So we have to protect that brand because we are literally raking in multi-million dollars a year on this brand. And so if this leader or someone close to the leader sexually assaulted somebody, we have to cover that up. We have to figure out ways to cover it up because there's so much at stake. And it's not just a matter of, I think you can hear that and go, man, those church people are greedy. They just want money, 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 money. You know, I some, yeah, sure, some of that. But the problem is you have hundreds of people on staff at these churches and their salaries are tied to this brand. You have buildings that have been purchased and these buildings cost five, six, 10 plus million dollars for these buildings that aren't all paid off. And if the thing goes south and you have all these thousands of people and they all leave and all their tithing and giving leaves, who's who's going to pay for those buildings? Somebody is going to be way up the creek, bankrupt financially and, and just literally like ruining people's lives if this whole thing goes south. And so you have sexual abuse and then you have cover-ups to protect the brand. Okay, so I, I, as usual, I don't have a, no, I do not have this outlined out. Incredible. Incredible. I know. Incredible to hear. Let's start with, let's start with Hillsong, the, the documentary. Uh, it's called Hillsong, a mega church exposed. And I was curious, you know, I did, I was curious, um, who, who was the producer slash director of it? Um, it, it, it was interesting because, you know, you're watching it and they're, they're, cr- they're 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 representing Christianity pretty well. Like the in the interviews, there's a lot of people they're interviewing talking about the gospel in the kingdom. These are people that were burned by Hillsong, right? So they're they're representing their you know the gospel of the kingdom pretty well. There's also I would say in the in this one in this docu series, <clears throat> they take some sh- some shots. Excuse me. <coughs> they take some shots at kind of at worship music in general, kind of at evangelism in general and you kind of wonder i'm not sure the people producing this are necessarily christians and i don't think they are so take that for what it's worth um but i really didn't know so i i don't endorse the whole thing i i think parts of it are like okay that's a little over the top uh or maybe some cheap shots thrown in there but i i didn't know uh anything about hillsong besides the music i i heard about carl lentz in the news a year ago having the affair and getting fired. Prior to that, I had was a little bit familiar with Carl Lentz. I knew he dressed very strange, and <laughs> uh, you know, I just put. I'll leave it at that. But I, but I also thought, you know, I know there's celebrities that go to his church, and celebrities aren't going to my church, and somebody's got to reach them for Jesus, and maybe the way to reach celebrities for Jesus is dress like a celebrity and look weird, you know. <laughs> Um, but that was my thought, you know, up to that point. And I'll just say, 
the thing with the Hillsong documentary that stood out to me, one, I I mean, when I say I recommend watching it, I do want to go on record to say I felt a little dirty at the end of each one. I, I felt I felt a little dirty. I I think just you know you're going through somebody else's trash, and you go, ugh, I I feel like I got just some of this trash on me. But again, back to my initial point before, when you have abuses in the church that are systemic, they have to be, they have to have the light shine on these abuses. Because if you don't, they're just going to continue. And that's been the pattern in the evangelical church is we're going to show grace to that person. They're in a, they're in a, a season of recovery and they're going to be fine because here's the Bible verse that says they're fine. No, they need to go to prison for sexually assaulting a minor or, you know, whatever whatever it may be. They need to be fired and never be allowed in ministry again for sexually assaulting and, and, go, and, and going to prison for sexually assaulting, you know, multiple women or, 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 or whatever, you know, these situations. And sometimes it's not sexual assault. Like the rise and fall of Mars Hill, you, you see... You see what happens, and I've talked about this on the podcast before. It's like a greenhouse. A greenhouse is something you build, right? You build the greenhouse. You choose the dimensions of the greenhouse. You choose what elements go into the greenhouse, what ingredients, you, the temperature it's going to be in the greenhouse. And, and I'm not a gardener. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm making all this stuff up. But... When that greenhouse produces a certain type of growth and that certain type of growth has cancer attached to it and it happens over and over and over again when different greenhouses of that type are built, it's not a one-time isolated incident. That's the point of this, of all three of these examples, that it's happened so much and they're being exposed so much that it's not a one-time isolated incident. There's something wrong with that greenhouse. And that's really what I want to talk about today on this episode of the podcast. I don't need to get into the nitty gritty of each of these documentary, podcast, book. You can go read them yourself. You can listen to them yourself. But I what what I want to talk about? Maybe I'll just switch gears here, and, and maybe I'll I'll go back I'll go back to to, to some of those things. Um, what I will say is, there was a line from a guy in in the Hillsong documentary, and, and uh, I it was one of the people they were interviewing, and he said something about power, or it may have been it may have been from one of the women who used to be a volunteer. Anyway, they said something about power, and power corrupts. Power corrupts. I think, yeah, it was a woman volunteer talked about when somebody has that much power, any human being, power will corrupt them. And that is a very strong, strong statement. What the guy had said, he was a financial auditor. He audits kind of ministries and and, and such. And uh, he said, you cannot serve both God and money. (laughs) Period. You can't serve both God and money. Ever heard that one before? Yeah, Jesus Maybe we should listen. So I want to think about those two things. You cannot serve both God and money. And he made it, he was very convinced and clear, Hillsong served and is still serving money. And that's their number one. And that's kind of what I said before. When when you have all this money in this ministry, 
you have to serve that. You have to serve it. And it, it, it could be a matter of God is telling us to be a different type of church, to to be more true to scripture, to be more true to whatever it may be, but it will upset our people and we can't upset our people because they give and if they were to leave, we'd lose all of our money. You're serving money, right? We're, we've built a system. Here, let me let me, let me me take off some of the shame, okay, from you if you're the leader doing that. We've built a system that forces you to serve money. That's the greenhouse, okay? And that that is what we have done. This is with mega churches. This is with churches that like many little wannabe mega churches. <laughs> it might be with every church in existence. I don't know. I don't know. In the U.S. at least. Okay. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta. <laughs> I gotta take a drink. I should have saved my Covenant Eyes ad so I could. I, you know. All right. So. Back to power corrupting. I love the Lord of the Rings. Oh, you know I love the Lord of the Rings. Love it. Read the books countless times. Watched the movies countless times. And 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 the, the, what's so gripping about that story is Frodo, the little hobbit, he has the ring of power. And man, it is absolutely in our human nature to want power. And he's a hobbit. He's not a human. He's a hobbit. And they, they're not drawn to power. They, they garden. They enjoy life. They, they, they're not workaholics. It's, it's awesome. They're very communal. They live in little villages. And so the ring doesn't draw him as much. But it does draw him. And, you know, long story short, fast forward, he, he, he makes it through. He gets to Mount Doom where he is to put the ring into the fire. This is the only place that the ring can be destroyed. And when the ring is destroyed, basically all evil is is destroyed. Um, the power of evil, the power of Sauron is destroyed. And sorry, yeah, spoiler alert coming. If you have fast forward, if you ha somehow have missed Lord of the Rings, what is wrong with you? I'll also <clears throat> will add you to my prayer list if you've missed Lord of the Rings. Frodo gets to the end, and I think what's so powerful about Tolkien's writing is I is an author today might be tempted to say, yeah, and Frodo threw the ring into the fire and it it vanished and all evil was was conquered and they lived happily ever after. That's not what happens. Frodo makes this just arduous, long, especially if you read the books. <laughs> it's such a long journey through all this hardship, all these trials, all this struggle, through all this hard terrain. He finally, they makes it. He gets to Mount Doom he gets to the fire that he, that he has to throw the ring into and he can't do it. He says to Sam, I think, the ring is mine. <laughs> and in the movie, his face gets all twisted and he puts the ring on his finger and he disappears, which is what happens when you wear the ring. And as a reader or viewer, you're going, no! Frodo, no! Don't do it! Don't don't succumb to the power because it will only corrupt you. It's the power's already corrupting you. And even Frodo couldn't resist the power of the ring. And that's I'm telling you, that is what power does. And if we think we can build these huge churches, these huge ministries, 
with one person at the top as the figurehead, as the celebrity. That's a whole other subject, how obsessed with celebrities we are in our culture at large, secular culture, Hollywood, athletes, our obsession with celebrities shows what a vast image, vast immaturity we have as, as a society. And we bring that into the church. We must have celebrities to validate us. We To validate Jesus. Jesus doesn't matter unless some celebrity says he matters. When I can point to that celebrity, now Jesus matters. So we have the celebrities that were attending Hillsong New York, like Justin Bieber, Kevin Durant, Vanessa, uh, I don't know my people, Vanessa Hutchins, is that her name? <laughs> I don't, they list like eight or nine people, Chris Pratt, uh, that that are were known to attend Hillsong. Many, I think, at the New York City, the New York City campus and some some at others. To the point that they had a VIP section for celebrities. That they got no one else could sit there. That's a whole nother that's a whole nother, I'm talking about we're obsessed with secular celebrities, but the, but when we make our pastors into the celebrity, that's really messed up. And we have this this organization where the pastor is the brand. And that power corrupts. That power corrupts. That power corrupts. That power corrupts. Um, you can resist it. You can fight it. But that in that greenhouse, that greenhouse is going to produce that type of power, and that power is going to corrupt. You, you might say, "Well, we're not. We're not Mars Hill. We're not Hillsong. We're not Willow Creek. Our pastor loves God. He's you know." When your pastor walks into the room. Do people go, ooh, ooh, so-and-so's here. Ooh, look, ooh, ooh. That. If so, that's a problem. You, you have that greenhouse built. And it's probably a matter of time before some form of cancer shows itself. It, it's, it's, it, it's undetected right now. It, and it may not be the stage four malignant cancer that Mars Hill had or Hillsong has. But there's lots of different types of cancer. And by the way, Eugene Peterson, who, who uh, wrote uh, or translated, I guess, the message, um, very well respected. He's passed away uh, in recent years, but very well respected, humble church leader. In his book, The Pastor, he talks about big church growth as cancerous growth. So I, I'm not I'm not breaking new ground here. This is not my original idea. It's from Eugene Peterson, and you have to look at that and say, yeah, he's probably right. Yeah, he's he's probably right. Um, I, am I bashing all mega churches here? No, I'm giving a warning. I'm giving a warning that should be well heeded by Hillsong, from Hillsong, Mars Hill, Willow Creek, and I will say this. The, the mega, mega pastors, I'm not going to mention names here. I will say this. I, I wasn't familiar with preachers and sneakers. Some of you might be already. He, uh, the, the preachers and sneakers guy, his name is Ben. He was interviewed on uh, the Hillsong documentary. And he has an Instagram account. And, he, and then it turned into a book. I believe he has a podcast because his Instagram account was so popular. It's preachers, the letter N, in speak sneakers preachers and sneakers all all one word and he he tracks the really really mega mega popular famous pastors 
and the clothing and shoes they wear. And he just puts the picture of them in it and the item for sale online and how much it costs. So Carl Lentz, for example, which Hillsong, you know, I, I'll mention his name because he's in the doc. He's already in the docu series. Uh, was he wearing? A, I think it was a ten thousand dollar hoodie, a, a hooded sweatshirt that cost ten thousand dollars. <laughs> I didn't know such things existed. I mean, I can't. I'm not paying forty dollars for a hooded sweatshirt. Okay. <laughs> Oh, okay. So anyway, and a lot of them are of sneakers. And I didn't even know this. You can get, there's sneakers. So usually it's like some special Air Jordan, you know, whatever. Or it could be some crocodile, you know, skin, you know. Some of these shoes are over $1,000 for a pair of shoes. And so, uh, what was I going? Oh, I would say this. If you go to Preachers and Sneakers, I'm not mentioning names, but that lifestyle, that type of ego that goes along with that type of attention, <clears throat> I'm telling you, it's a matter of time, maybe not all, but I promise you in the next five years, there will be multiple people currently on this Preachers and Sneakers uh, Instagram page that will have some kind of collapse at the top. A Mars Hill type power collapse, a Willow Creek uh, type sexual collapse, uh, a Hillsong type sexual collapse, Carl Lentz, power, uh, money, greed collapse with, with Hillsong and Brian Houston. The greenhouse is there. It, the, the greenhouse is there for, for those things. And... and Man, I just think we need to be a lot more selective as Christians and as consumers of this stuff. We need to be a lot more selective. And I'll go as far as to say this. I'm watching Hillsong, the documentary, and I'm watching their, their church services and they do these conferences. And I'm just going to say this. I, I don't care if this is controversial. It's a podcast. It's the flip side. If you're not used to controversial takes on here, that's fine. I, I wouldn't say this probably in a sermon. It's what a podcast is for. I'm just thinking out loud. Can I do that with you? I'm thinking out loud about even the way we build our stages, okay? The way we do our video, the way we do our video stuff. And I first started thinking about this, this concept years ago when Rob Bell was still in his, I guess, in his prime at Mars Hill in Grand Rapids, totally separate from uh, Mars Hill, Mark Driscoll podcast, Mars Hill. So Marcel Grand Rapids, Rob Bell's in his prime. I went to one of his preaching conferences. I was young, you know, early, probably mid-20s kind of thing. And, you know, it was good and whatnot. But he had a guy speak named Shane Hips. I don't know Shane. I think he later came to work at Marcel and what I don't I don't know anything, you know, about that. Um obviously I live in GR now, so I've I've heard bits and pieces, but that's not my point. My point is this was Oh, when would this have been? Like late 2000s, probably? Shane had a book called Flickering Pixels. Flickering Pixels. And he did a talk on it. And it was about the way that we set up church dictates. It has positive and negative consequences. Technology does. And he talked through technology. I, I, I believe this was, again, a long time ago. 
uh, over 10 years ago, late 2000s. But but it's crazy. This stuff stuck in my brain. It's stuck in my brain for that long. So it's formative for me. In one talk from Shane, and he, and he said, so it was something like, you know, would you endorse a technology if, if, if I told you I was going to invent a technology and it kills 80,000 people a year or 200,000 people a year, some number like that, you know, would you would you endorse it? Raise your hand. Who wants a technology that'll kill 200,000 people a year in the United States? Nobody raises their hand, right? Well, that technology is the automobile, the car. And I don't know the numbers, guys. You could Google it, whatever. However many accidents there are. There's a lot. We all know somebody that's been killed in a car accident. I do. Um, one of my close friends from college killed in a car accident, right? And, and yet, as a society, we go, but because cars do everything they do, they get us around, how would I get to work, you know, how would I go on vacation, whatever, we accept the, the gain that we get from cars is, uh, is worth it. So the loss, we're like, okay, I'll take the loss, I'll take the 200,000 deaths, I'll take the, the death of my friend, uh, and... For, for the sake of being able to, you know, being able to drive and go on vacation or whatever, airplanes. But then this would have been late 2000s where, where cell phones had really just hit the scene a few years ago and smartphones were just coming on the scene, right? The iPhone and things like that. And so really flickering pixels was before its time in the sense of, and, and I don't remember if the book talks about phones. I'm sure it does to, to whatever degree phones were around in, in when it was written. And in Shane's talk, but the same idea, right? Like phones have so many negative consequences to how we're addicted to them, how distracted we are by them, how 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 we can't put them down. They take away from, I mean, they literally cause depression. They literally cause anxiety. Let alone um, the amount of just the internet itself. The internet itself, the the child predators, child sex predators uh, that are that are predating kids on these games and. Um, in chat rooms, uh, we have child pornography. We have we have pornography. You know, we have all this stuff. We have terror se terrorist cells using social media to to gather uh, and organize. And we say all that's worth it so that we can have you know internet, so that we can have play our, our you know the games, video games we want to play. And 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 obviously there's medical technology and and right there's things that we say are are good about the internet that we must have the point is he he then he then did this with church so so he talked about rob and i can say this because like rob was right there in the room and 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 they ended up working together at, at mars together so it was actually kind of cool it was like this prophetic humble thing that they that they did and 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 shane said you know at mars hill Marcel got really big. There's lots of people there. And they had to make a decision on what they were going to do with all these people. Because once you have so many people, like you still have to be able to see the person speaking and, and you, they need to be able to hear the person speaking. And so, you know, they made a decision to kind of get a jumbo screen, a large video screen, which is pretty common now, you know, in, in, in big churches. And so the camera would follow Rob and now Rob on stage is like a six foot. He's actually pretty tall. He's like, I don't know if he's six four or something like that. Let's say he's six four. Uh, he's a six four guy on stage and he's a human being within that six four, you know, frame. But up on the video screen, he's 30 feet by 30 feet or however big, it, it, you know, the video screen is. So now instead of being six four, he's 90 square feet. He's 90 square feet of, of Rob and there's, there's three of those, let's just say. I don't know the setup. I'm making this up, right? But you get the idea. 
And and so Shane was saying, when somebody in the crowd sees Rob on the screen now, they aren't seeing Rob as a human like being within his limits. They're seeing massive 90 square feet of Rob Bell, let's say times three, you know, 270 square feet of Rob Bell, whatever it may be. And I, I'm not I'm not knocking Rob here. I'm 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 pointing out Shane was very prophetic in that observation. And he's saying, we as the church have made the decision, like with cars, like with the internet, like with smartphones, that the benefit of that is worth what we lose from that. And, and I think we have to take a pause and really think about that and say, is it still worth it? In 2022, I think back in the late 2000s, as those changes were happening and as as, as mega churches were really kind of starting to dominate. You'd always had mega churches, and Willow Creek was maybe the first, them and Saddleback. But the national dominance, even, so let's say, let's say uh, Rick Warren, Saddleback. I feel like for my generation, everybody read Purpose Driven Life, so there was influence. People knew who Rick Warren was. But it wasn't until, I think, Mark Driscoll, this is, again, I'm talking about white evangelical kind of that evangelical Baptist, maybe reform, you know, niche that may or may not be your niche. That was my niche in, in my 20s. Um, and, 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 and probably, you know, most of my, my heritage, if that makes sense. My point is, I think in the 80s and 90s, when you had mega churches, you didn't have podcasting, you didn't have YouTube, you didn't have social media, and so you you had influence. I mean, there was TV preachers, and that's a whole nother ball of wax of corruption, of power and greed. Name a TV preacher that didn't have a sex scandal, money scandal, greed scandal, corruption scandal. I mean, there I'm sure there's some out there, but my point is a whole bunch of them did. <laughs> and uh, some of these these the docu series and the podcast. They, they chronicle that because, again, it's a greenhouse. It's the same greenhouse. It's a similar greenhouse. Power is going to corrupt. Power is going to corrupt. And so um, my point is when Mark Driscoll was different because people all over the U.S. were listening to him. And, and, and I see that today with name your celebrity preacher. And I'm going to try to not name names. I want to. I want to. I can tell you a lot of them are on Preachers and Sneakers. But I'm saying those are mostly guys. These are mostly men. Um, and those are the guys that are going to fall. I'll just say it. In the next five, ten years. There's going to be sexual infidelities. They're, either with them or people close to them that they have to cover up. Because they gotta, they got to protect their brand. I believe there's already gross financial sin happening. Now, our culture says, oh, Noah, you know, it's okay to have money. Yeah, it's okay, I guess if you're a business owner that makes money off selling things, but when you're making your money off people's tithes and offerings, and uh, yeah, I'm just going to stop right there. <laughs> uh I'm not saying they're all going to fall. I'm not saying I want them to fall. I'm saying the greenhouse is the greenhouse. 
And I do think it's time that we start to look at it and say, I don't think it's worth it. To go back to Shane's talk, you know, in the late 2000s, to say, I think back then we would have said the downside, you know, of the car is all these fatalities, right? The downside of the mega church maybe back then and putting your preacher on the big, big screen and I was, uh, it w- would be, uh, would be more pragmatic on a Sunday morning. You know, it's harder, the more people in a room, the more it feels like a show, the, the, the less connection there is, the less feeling of family, the less feeling of community, you know, those sorts of things. But Shane started to hit on that celebrity piece. When you make somebody 90, 90 feet, well, now they have a persona that's 90 feet. One, that's a heavy persona for someone to carry around with them is a 90-foot persona that, that when people see them, they have to, they have to kind of carry that that persona, you know, with them. But I don't think back then we knew the systemic problems that that type of greenhouse was going to create uh, in these environments like we know now. The sexual abuse, the cover up of sexual abuse, and it's really blatant. You know, the Willow Creek stuff. You read church, a church called Tove. And you just, your jaw drops. And, and this, the pattern is there. The Hillsong exposed. You have these women coming out saying, I was sexually assaulted. And they're treated the same way. It's like there was a handbook written by Satan. And they gave them to these megachurches and said, Hey, when a woman comes to you and says she was sexually assaulted by a leader in your church, this is what you do. And this is what those churches did. And they, they shame the woman or women. They discredit them and their reputations they they prop up the leader they they uh they they make the leader into the victim and they're even like in in hillsong's case there was literal financial cover-up the founder of hillsong brian houston's dad sexually molested boys uh and and one individual boy that they interview over the course of the boy's whole childhood And the church covered it up. The Assembly of God knew about it. The Assembly of God denomination knew about it. They covered it up. Because how could you discredit Frank Houston? How could you discredit this this new booming thing called, you know, Hillsong? There was actually a cover-up of a check written to this guy to, to shut him up. People that join Hillsong's college or staff have to sign non-disclosure agreements. (laughs) If you have to join a church and sign a non-disclosure agreement, you, I mean, you know what are they got going on behind the scenes that they're trying to cover up? There, there's so much there. There's so much there. But my point is that the these systems, these these mega celebrities that are just high on their own ego and their own influence and their own views on youtube and all this stuff this influence that these these famous people and they are they're they're famous there's and a lot of times there's people in their 20s are their their way of connecting with christianity is to listen to one of these hip preachers and these hip preachers are they're like rock stars and i'm gonna and i'm gonna talk about uh let, let me say this i i'm just saying you're going to keep seeing more of this happening. That's that's what I'm saying. You're going to keep seeing more corruption at the top of these organizations. Often these these head leaders are control freaks. These leaders that planted their or maybe they planted the church. They're control freaks, and it, it's about having it done their way. 
And in, in that control, they make sure that they're always the star, that they're always the hero, getting the attention, getting the, the, the celebrity piece. I, I just don't think as Christians we need any celebrities besides Jesus. I just, <laughs> I just don't think we need any celebrities besides Jesus. And um, I, one more piece of the greenhouse, I think it's important to talk about. Uh, I was starting to talk about it before with the, you know, you see like the Hillsong Conference. They show it on video. And they're at, I don't know where they're doing these things, mega arenas. I mean, the churches are already mega arenas. But the stage is set up, like like literally, it's the same stage that you too would use when they play, you know, at that at that venue or or whoever. Like whoever your 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 famous singer is that, that plays at the venue. Getting a quick drink of my Chris's blend here. Keep me going. Um there's uh, one of those walkways, you know, where you, you, you walk out like into the crowd. It's a floor crowd and there's a walkway that goes out and then there's uh, some kind of like hexagon at the end. You know, you can walk on the onto the hexagon to preach and teach or sing and you can walk back kind of like on a catwalk almost. It's elevated up on the stage and then it goes back into like a main stage, you know, sort of section. When you do that and when you fill the floor with people and then you fill all the walls with people that's for rock stars and i am not saying that the rock star thing is healthy either but that is not an environment of how did a pastor end up in that environment i just you're building the greenhouse that is power that is ego when you're on that stage, you have a sense of self-importance. You're talking into a mic and there's 50,000 people hearing you. Or maybe it's 10,000 people. Whatever it is, there's so much power that goes into that. Am I saying all power and influence is bad and a sin? No. I mean, I have a podcast. I have a book. I pastor a church. I don't know where the lines are drawn. All I know is that I am susceptible, very susceptible to the trappings of ego. When I planted my first church plant in Lansing, Crossroads, I was 22 years old. I was 23 years old when we launched. I so wanted to be big because I wanted it for Jesus. When we weren't big, I wanted thousands of souls saved. But what I really wanted was to be the next Mark Driscoll or to be the next Rob Bell. That's what I really wanted. Because when our church was small and we still had people coming to know Jesus, I didn't care. I was sad. This is like 23, 24 years old. And I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm feeling like we failed. Even though we have people, individuals, putting their faith in Jesus, their eternal, eternal destiny changed, uh, the kingdom of God coming here to earth as, as, as the gospel is proclaimed. I didn't care because it, we didn't have this big, quote-unquote, successful thing. God saved me from falling into that trap as a young, immature, 20-something. The Ring of Power is very strong. It's, it's So in Lord of the Rings, back to Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, Boromir... He's a human. He's a man. There's, you know, there's elves and there's hobbits and there's dwarves and there's men. And it says it 
rightly so, that men, and this is an old, you know, old book uh, written, when did Tolkien write that? Maybe the 40s, 20s? I don't know. So anyway, he says the age of men, he's talking about humans. That was the vernacular 100 years ago. So, so men, humans are more susceptible. And I would say within humans, men more than women anyway, are more susceptible to this ego trip stuff. Uh, men in Lord of the Rings, are they want the ring. They're more susceptible to the ring. They think the ring can give them power to help. Boromir is like, we can use the ring. We can use the ring against Sauron. We're stupid to not use it. We're, this is our best weapon against him is to weaponize it and use it against him. And, you know, the others are going, no, like keep that ring as far away from Boromir as, as possible. And that is what we're doing here. We're saying we can weaponize power. We can take power. We can take ego and we can weaponize it for Jesus. We can use it against Satan. We can, we can, we can just mega church the whole world into believing in Jesus. And, you know, I'm just at a point and I, and I'll say this, where some of this is coming from, you know, my, my church plant, we rent a boys and girls club. And so uh, if you've never been into a boys and girls club, I don't, they're all probably a little bit different, but there's a gymnasium, you know, where kids are playing basketball all week. There's a, there's a common room. They call it the game room. And that's where they, they have some pool tables and video games and a little kitchen. And then there's a couple classrooms and the same in the basement. There's a kind of like a game room down there with some couches and stuff. Okay, so we set up in the gym. There's no stage. There's no stage. If I could have a stage, I would use a stage. Why? Because when you're in a crowd, it's easier to see somebody on a stage. If you're doing video, it looks better from a stage. Maybe easier to follow from a stage. But here's what I'm realizing. The, the way you build your greenhouse, Shane Hips would, in his book and in his talk, he would show the different ways we did church. And before they were microphones, that was another technology he talked about. Prior to microphones, this is how we did church. Post microphone, this is how we did church. And he showed different seating arrangements and the way you, the way you arrange your seating. It's going to, it's going to give your positives and your negatives. And it shows the things you value more than others. Really pretty fascinating stuff. So by, uh, by, by, deep, by force, uh, we don't have a stage. It's, it's, I'm, I'm not saying I'm this, oh, I'm, I'm so holy. We don't have a stage. We don't have one because we can't. We, it's a gym floor. You just can't set up a stage each week and then tear it down. It's, we could try and it'd be expensive and way too much work. So what we did in, in a church plant, how we roll anyway, you can just do whatever you want. And it's, it's all pretty janky. We bought uh, area rugs and like eight by four, whatever they are, eight by five. And we bought, uh, we have 10 of them and we put them on the floor of the gym, kind of in the back middle. And then we put our drum set on the back of that in the middle to kind of, and then we built our little, you know, band around that and have our little music stand for the preacher. And that, that's our stage. It's just some area rugs on a gym floor. Here's what I've noticed. Um, if you go to our YouTube channel, you're welcome to shout out. Look, search for a mosaic church of Grand Rapids on YouTube. And we are not impressive. We're in a gym. It says BGC Kids uh, on the gym wall. Boys and Girls Club is painted. And there's the paint is coming off the wall. 
<laughs> we're going to fix that. Honestly, I'm not saying those are good things. We're going to actually soon in the next few weeks paint over the holes in the paint, you know, and make it look a little nicer. We're going to put up some little banners in the back that kind of show we love Jesus, you know, here's some Jesus things to focus on or look at or, you know, there's a level of, I don't know the word. I don't know. I don't have the answers, right? But I'm telling you what I've learned from the way we've done it so far. But being on the floor with people preaching at the same level, I don't feel at all like a celebrity. Uh, I, I would say people engage in the teaching, but it's very communal. By the way, we take a break and do five minutes of conversation in sections around, we put questions on the screen, each section has a leader to facilitate, and uh, you might say, ooh, I don't, I'd be very uncomfortable, but people love it. And it also, we're helping, we're trying to chip away at this idea that this is all about the sermon. Sermons are good, we're not getting rid of sermons. Uh, some people have, and that's okay too. Um, but my point is, we need to rethink what the Rockstar stage does, yes, it might make it look better online. You might get more views online, but is the negative worth what you're gaining from it, right? Is the negative worth what you're gaining from it? You have to make that decision. But if and when your senior leader has a moral failure, has a corruption, has a some some scandal happens with your leader or with your organization because of cover-ups, you'll have to look back. And I promise you, uh, you, you could trace the steps. You could follow the breadcrumbs and look at the, the, the parts of the greenhouse that contributed to that... Um, corruption's the wrong word. What's the word I just used? Uh, moral failure... I can't think of it. The word I just used, when, <laughs> when it all hits the fan, baby, you'll be able to look back and and, and these are con- going to be contributing factors because you, you, you made your preacher into a brand. You made your preacher into a brand. You made your church into a brand and you got to protect the brand. There's a phrase in the NFL, protect the shield. And I have very mixed feelings about football now. I used to play. I played semi-pro when I was 29. I love it. Used to be a diehard fan. And then all this stuff about concussions came out. And uh, Will Smith was in a movie called Concussion. And it was based on a PBS documentary called League of Denial. And you should watch that. It I, I it gave me very mixed feelings about football. And I, I know our culture loves football, worships football, and most of my friends do. And that's fine but the concussion stuff it's killing players like it's it's killing players Demarius Thomas was an all all pro wide receiver back when I'm playing fantasy football still he just died 34 years old and he died from CTE which is uh brain damage um complications from CTE is what killed him and he's 34 right and this is so League of Denial is basically showing how the NFL covered all this up they they Think about multi-million dollars. Think about a brand to protect. And so there's a, a phrase. I forget. I've heard the phrase on ESPN. I've heard the phrase that, you know, but protect the shield. And the idea, I don't I don't know where it came from. I don't think the NFL would have come up with that themselves, but maybe they did. But it's this unspoken rule. The shield is the, the, the logo of the NFL is a shield. If you, you know, it's got the little points at the top and at the bottom. It's a shield and it says NFL on it. 
in red with the blue stars. Protect the shield. We got to protect the brand of the NFL. So literally, they're lying to players about the damage, the 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 what concussions do to you. They're lying to players about the long-term effects of concussion. Retired players are trying to file lawsuits against the NFL to get just to get some health benefits because of all the the health issues they're having from. And the CTE gives you like early onset Alzheimer's, paranoia mental, severe mental, um, you know, significant mental problems. And they, they can't get health care from the NFL even because the NFL is denying that this stuff is even real. So League of Denial and the movie Concussion, they, they track a doctor and, and others who basically fought the NFL to get these players the health coverage and there was a lawsuit of millions of dollars. Um, my, my point is, they, they hid it because they had to hide it because they had to protect the shield. And so if you're in a church environment where you have to protect the shield, that's that's messed up. That's messed up. That's the greenhouse that is that is causing these these failures, these collapses to happen. And so so I don't know, just take that's what we do on the flip side, okay? We, we stir the pot, we muddy the waters, and now you go to the... Don't get mad at me. I, can you pl just engage with this at a mature level and, and look and go, whoa, maybe there's a pattern here. I, I'll be super transparent with you. I'm not jaded. I'm not... Oh, Noah's jealous. He wishes he... Look, I'm conflicted myself. Yeah, it's a conflict of interest. Beyond the Battle, my book, it barely sold like any copies to measure on on like Zondervan's little little level. I wish it had sold better. I wish it was more successful. I wish Zondervan was knocking on my door to say, hey, we want you to write a second book. They're not. I'm thankful for the men and some women uh, who read it. It's a book for men, but some women read it also. Shout out to those that did. It's awesome. Lives changed. I can hold on to that. That's part of my sanctification. That's part of what I have to deal with with my own ego issues. My church plant is small. It is even smaller in the summer. It is even smaller in the summer on July 4th weekend or Memorial Day weekend. I don't like that. It makes me insecure. I have to go back to Jesus and say, I am still loved by you. I am still your son, Father. That's my identity. This is my sanctification process. I'm all mixed up in this too. Would I want the platform that the preachers and sneakers pastors have? Whew. 15 years ago, absolutely, I would have killed for that. I would have killed for that platform. Would I, I, but now I, we have to pause. I have to pause. Right now, I don't have to worry about it. Trust me. The flip side, it is many people's third favorite podcast it's not anybody's first favorites. Don't worry about that. We don't have that problem yet on the flip side. <laughs> we don't have that problem yet at Mosaic Church of Grand Rapids, and we don't have that problem yet in uh, the Noah Flippiak author career. <laughs> That's just the truth. We, Christians, Western Christianity, we're messed up, guys, gals, Brothers, sisters, we are messed up. We are messed up. It's not just Brian Houston and Hillsong, Carl Lentz. It's not just 
Bill Hybels and Willow Creek. And their boards. It's not just them. It's their boards. All of these boards were protecting the senior leader. Could care less about the victim. Could care less about sin. Could care less about accountability. The legal system. The laws of our land that are meant to protect the vulnerable. It's not just about Mark Driscoll, the rise and fall of, of Mars Hill. There is systemic problems, and we're all contributing to it, and we have to be really careful. We have to be really careful. I I feel weird. If you're at a conference, I don't like conferences. I think they breed this stuff. I think it's weird to go to a conference and get a selfie taken with a pastor. That's weird. They're just a pastor. I don't know. It's weird. I'm not saying I'm right. It's my it's my podcast, so <laughs> I can say whatever I want. Just stir in the pot. Just list. Just just think about it. Just think about it. And I want to close with this. This isn't a closing thought. It's just something I wanted to say. The Marshall podcast. I will say this: that thing got so big and so popular. Um, they keep putting out episodes. I think they should stop. I think they should stop. They keep putting out bonus episodes, and I, and I think. Again, just an observation. Just I'm just one guy on a podcast, just making an observation. Um, you made your point. You made your point. I listened to one of the bonus episodes, and I still am on the feed, so I see them coming in. And I get it. Like, you've had a bajillion downloads. you got to ride that wave. Keep riding it. I'm not a judge. I'm not a judge. I'm just making observations. I think... Some of the, I started feeling dirty listening to those episodes going, okay, I think we made our point. And now I feel like I'm participating in, in gossip. Like when I go to this, it's like, ooh, what other little juicy little tidbit can we find out about Mark Driscoll? <laughs> He's the evil one. He's not like me. I'm, I'm real, you know, authentic and humble. And uh, anyway, I just I, I don't want to see Christianity today become the thing that they're prophesying against, essentially. I don't want to see that happen. I don't want to see that happen. And I think that can happen if we just fall into that same ring of power. Like, hey, we got power now. Let's just keep milking this sucker for all it's worth. Um, yeah, I, I think I don't I don't want there to be a rise and fall of the rise and fall of Marcel podcast see what i did there i i had that one planned i had to make sure i didn't end without that this episode of the flip side podcast we break down the rise and fall of the rise and fall of mars hill podcast here we go that'll be episode 89 of the flip side so boom baby we did it that's a nice length of an episode oh no <laughs> My computer just went onto some kind of screensaver. I didn't know I even had one. That's okay. It's a good transition. Because, because we now are going to transition into the, uh, the Noah's rant. So you hear in the background, you, uh, it's, it's a little alarm sound. And what that means is, all of the content up to this point that has been rich and life-giving, amazing, incredible, your third favorite podcast, The Flip Side. I like that my hand is so large. 
My hand is so large on the video. If you're watching it on YouTube, I have such a large hand. This is Silly Putty, by the way. That's what I hold in my hand. I love Silly Putty when I'm on my computer. If you haven't noticed, the podcast is already way off the rails. We're falling off the cliff already because it's time for Noah's rant. So all mature co concept, edifying, life-giving stuff is over. You should stop listening now. If you continue to listen, it is your choice. You have failed at life because you kept listening. You listened to Noah's rant. You did not listen to my warning to stop the prophetic warning that says the greenhouse that you've built. <laughs> stop listening now if you're intelligent. If you keep listening, don't complain to me that you didn't like Noah's rant, that it was stupid and not funny. I told you not to listen. You kept listening anyway. Here we go. The one, the only, Noah's rant. Noah's rant. All right. Just slam the rest of my Chris's blend. Get ready for Noah's rant. All right, Noah's rant. Did you add a little segue at the end? It was a little subliminal message. I say in the fall, uh, Rise and Fall of Marcel podcast, they've kind of milked it for all it's worth. I'm doing a hand sign on the podcast like I'm squeezing out a rag. Uh, like you would squeeze the water out of a rag or an orange. You've, I guess milking would be like this. I'm not a farmer. But they've kind of milked that topic for all it's worth, right? Well, today in Noah's Rant, we are talking about milk. But not just any milk. Shout out to cow milk. Shout out. Tastes good. We get We make ice cream from it. Shout out to ice cream. Yeah, we can talk about like positive Noah's rant, we can give shout outs to positive things that make the world a better place. Cow's milk, ice cream, yes, hello. Here's what Noah's rant is about today. Oh, let me shout out to cheese, by the way. Shout out to cheese, cow milk, that makes cheese. Oh, baby, yeah, what would the world be without cheese? All right, here's what Noah's rant is about today. Goat cheese. Brothers and sisters, goat cheese. Are you serious? Are goat cheese, goat cheese, goat cheese. Do you know what animal goat cheese comes from? Do you know what animal? It's from a goat. Goat cheese comes from a goat, and you're eating it. That is so weird and gross. Okay, okay. Let alone the fact goat cheese is nasty. I'm you're at a restaurant. They're like, we're a fancy restaurant here. Here we have salad, and on our salad we put goat cheese because we are so fancy. And whenever it was, probably sometime in my early twenties. Back when I wanted to be a mega church pastor, I didn't know any better. I'd never eaten goat cheese. I ordered a salad with like, Bleh. this cheese is rotten. This must have been like feta or parmesan that got sour. Like this place is, 
nasty. They're serving me moldy, sour cheese. And I asked the waiter, I'm like, yo, my cheese is rotten. And they're like, no, that's goat cheese. The <laughs> waiter's accent changed different each time. It's a different staff person. That is goat cheese. And it is, it is so good. I should not do accents. Uh, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> goat cheese is nasty and sour. And it is from a goat. Have you ever seen a goat? I mean, a, first of all, goats are known for eating anything. Like in cartoons, goats are always eating boots and shoes. Because they, they eat garbage. You're eating cheese. From an animal that's eating garbage. And you think you're so fancy with it. It's from a goat. So this is my this is my question. First of all, why are you eating anything that comes from a goat? It's a goat. Number two, if you think you're so fancy with your goat cheese, why not get even fancier? Cheese from a cow is not good enough for you. So you're going to other animals, getting cheese from them. You got you got cheese from a goat now. Well, why not serve cheese from a pig? We got at this restaurant. We are so fancy. We got goat cheese. We got pig cheese. You're like pig cheese? No, that's nasty. It's a pig. It's a goat. It's the same. It's a pig and a goat. That's no different. Why aren't you eating pig cheese? We could go even fancier. We could import monkey cheese. We got goat cheese. We got pig cheese. We got monkey cheese. We got giraffe cheese. We got, we got all. The, the zoo could make so much money on this at their little restaurants. They could be homemade right at the zoo. Would you eat cheese that you knew came from a monkey? Then why are you eating cheese that came from a goat? Brothers and sisters, it's from a goat. Just because our culture tells you to eat it doesn't mean it's right. Have you learned anything on the flip side? I'm telling you, we're here to change the world. You can preach that. Just because culture says to eat it, it doesn't mean that it's right. It's from a goat. That's it. That's all I got. Goat cheese? Really? Then we have, we have made we have made the world a better a better place on the flip side today. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Next episode we'll have uh, we'll have Jack and Becky email the show podcast at beyondthebattle.net if you'd like to send in a question. Help us out over at uh, patreon.com slash Noah Philippiak. Support the show. Let's get that bushy caveman Viking beard going with the handlebar stash to follow. I will see you next time on The Flip Side. The Flip Side with Noah Philippiak is a Beyond Ministries production. Copyright Noah Philippiak. www.noahphilippiak.com Theme music by Kyle Lake at K-Lake Music. Used with permission. Please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. It's time to bring me closer. There's no purgatory because you're in or you're out. When you see them in the clouds, you know it's going down.
raise them, raise them, raise them. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now all God's babies so confused by this hatred. Poor pit preachers shouldn't aim to be A-list. Money probably long, but short is with your days. Have you ever heard the sound of freedom? Some confusion, then I hope you see him clearly. Raise him, raise him, raise him. They've been sleeping for some ages. Now, all God's babies so confused by this hatred. Poor pit preachers shouldn't aim to be A list. Money probably long, but sure it's with your daisies.